0: Thanks for joining us and supporting Vicky Fitness. We ask for your continued support by becoming an It's All About Health and Fitness Premium Member. Go to www.dot.vickiedoefitness.dot.com forward slash join again. That's www.dot.vickiedoefitness.dot.com forward slash join and register for a six dollar monthly subscription. And remember. Keep listening, sharing, and checking us out. The views and opinions expressed are for general informational purposes only. Consult with your physician or medical health care provider for medical advice, diagnosis, and or treatment. Today, we talk about emotional intelligence and why it is essential for our health and well-being. Psychologists have even suggest that emotional intelligence can be more important than IQ in our overall success in life. Joining us is Kelly Ashby of Kelly Ashby Consulting, an educator, a consultant, and certified Genos International Practitioner. She will talk about emotional intelligence, its impact, and why it is important. That we learn to practice emotional intelligence behaviors to improve our relationships and quality of life. All this and more on It's All About Health and Fitness.
1: Welcome to It's All About Health and Fitness with Dr. Vicki Hayward Doe and Dr. Virginia Banks Bright. This program is brought to you by Vicky Doe Fitness, a multimedia health and wellness forum. Now here's your host, Vicky Doe and D. Banks Bright.
0: I'm Dr. Vicki Hayward Doe, and with me is the one and only Dr. Virginia D. Banks Bright. So how are you, D? Oh. I'm good. How are you? I am fine. It is sunny outside. I love it when the sun's shining. I know.
2: It's great. Mm -hmm. I know.
0: Yes, yes, yes. I am excited to be here today, right? Yeah. Well, today we talk about emotional intelligence. What is emotional intelligence? Well, emotional intelligence is the ability to perceive, control, and evaluate emotions. We know that the ability to express and control emotions is essential, but so is the ability to understand, interpret, and respond to the emotions of others. And we need to be able to understand and know that a friend is angry or a spouse is sad. And so psychologists refer to this ability as emotional intelligence. And some experts even suggest that it can be more important than IQ in um, your overall success in life. Researchers suggest that there are four different levels, but there are more. Yeah, at least four of these levels of emotional intelligence include emotional perception, the ability to reason, using emotions, the ability to understand emotions, and the ability to manage emotions. There are other levels as well. And that's why we have joining us Kelly Ashby of Kelly Ashby Consultant. <laughs> Kelly is an educator, a consultant, and a certified GNAS international practitioner and she has more than 25 years of experience working with individuals and companies training them on how to be productive and successful in their everyday life at work and at home and she will talk with us today about emotional intelligence and its impact and how emotional intelligence can play a major role in our lives and so we can't wait to hear more from her later on in this show. So what do you say, Dee?
2: I'm looking forward to it.
0: Yes, I'm looking forward to it as well. Now, make sure you subscribe to the show. It's all about health and fitness, Vicky Doe Fitness, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any of the platforms that you listen to your podcast. When you subscribe to this show, you will be notified when we post a new show, And you will be able to listen to our inspirational and motivational health and wellness shows as soon as they are posted. So go folks, go and subscribe today. We have wonderful guests lined up to come to this show. And so we don't want you to miss out. So make sure you go and subscribe to our podcast show. Also, go to our website, vickidofitness.com and sign up for our newsletter to get the latest updates, health tips, and information on what we are doing here at Doe Fitness. Right now, we are creating another course, another program called Emotional Intelligence, and the title is Emotional Intelligence, a Comprehensive Approach for maximizing performance and quality of life. And this program, this course will be taught on our Vikido Fitness Academy platform by our guest today. She will be an instructor, our guest, Kelly Ashby of Kelly Ashby Consultant. And so we are excited to add her on as an instructor of our Vicky Doe Fitness Academy. And she will talk a little bit about this exciting program and course later on in this show as well. But yes, I am very pleased. I'm excited about this program. We will be launching soon. Yes, make sure you sign up for the newsletter because There, we will be giving you the update and the latest so that you can be aware of this new program because this program is a must. You have to sign up for this program to learn more about emotional intelligence and how it affects your life. This program will give you skills and, and tools that are needed so that you can have that optimal level of emotional intelligence. So go right now to vickydofitness.com and sign up for our newsletter so that you will know exactly when we launch this new program as well. And as always, what do we always say, Dee? Thank you,
2: thank you, thank you for your support.
0: Well, you know, it's official summer as of, what, Monday? What's the 21st? Yeah, today is the 23rd. Yeah,
2: and I think as I said last week, that means the days are going to get a minute, a minute shorter.
0: That's it. So, you guys, I'm telling you, those of you that are in Northeast Ohio, y'all better get your you-know-what up. And get out there (laughs) and and start doing something in the sunshine because you're going to blink and then it's back dark again and cold. It's going
2: to be gone. It's going to be gone and cold. Absolutely. So don't complain about any hot days or anything like that, you know.
0: Do not complain. That's it. Don't complain. complain. No, no, no. Nope. (laughs) <laughs> nope, nope, not at all. Well, <laughs> I'm enjoying my summer, you know, so far. You know, I like to sit out on my patio in the morning and hear. And yes,
2: hit, I told yeah. you, I
0: passed by your house. Your flowers are beautiful. Yes, thank you, thank you. But, you know, we had some deer, because I looked at my flowers the other day, and I was like, why do my flowers, I think I see some chopped off flowers. Where them deer at? Where the deer at? <laughs>
2: Like, well, you know, I like I said, I put my stuff on the inside because I was so afraid of deer running around and stuff. There was some, in fact, you know, it was so funny last week. Uh-huh. I went outside in my backyard where my pool area is, and a deer had gotten into the pool area. So there was a guy landscaping guy working here. And I was like, shoo, shoo, shoo. He goes, Dr. Big, don't shoot the little deer because he'll fall in the water. And then you got to get somebody to get him out. I was like, okay, well, that you know, that's smart deer. Found his way out of the out of the backyard. He didn't, you know, jump
3: the fence or anything.
0: He just found his little way out. But
2: that was kind of scary. Yeah, that is. Around here, that
0: is a lot of of scary. Yeah. You know. I know, and I. So you have? Do you have deer in the morning? Do you see them in the morning? No, they they come usually in the late evening. They
2: oh, okay. In the
0: late evening, that's when they come, uh-huh. you know, mm-hmm. and they be chewing mm-hmm. and stuff on me and then looking at me while they chewing on my stuff. <laughs> that's funny. That's yeah, so funny. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I was out there the other day and this morning, too, and I was looking, I said, hmm, my no, my flowers got some little chop, chopped up stuff on there. <laughs> That's funny. They'll eat your stuff.
2: They will truly eat up. They will eat your stuff. Yes. They will truly eat your stuff up. That's funny. Mm,
0: (laughs) I know, Dee. I enjoyed your first what? First of the season.
2: First of the season pool party. Yes. The weather was fabulous. Yes. The
0: weather
2: was just just great. It was a as somebody said, it wasn't a party, it was a big bash. It was a so big good. bash. It was so great. So happy all of, all of you guys came over. And yes. We partied, and the food was really good. Our good friend, Dr. Tonya Farmer, mm-hmm. Pitt, her husband's business, Casey Pitts Barbecue, catered it, giving him a little shout-out.
0: Give him and a little so shout-out, yeah.
2: The food was very good, don't you agree?
0: Uh-huh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, the food, mm-hmm.
2: was, food was very good. So, And mm-hmm. we had a nice group, a nice three group uh, led by dave marchion and his group on uh, bass and uh, we had a drum and and bass and and drum and guitar with dave marchion so yeah it was it was really good and you know with, um there were all day vicky there were thunderstorms all over yeah and mm-hmm. nothing rained and it didn't rain one drop
0: i know that's so, a good yeah, thing that was
2: that was it was a good thing. And then the next day, my son got married out uh-huh. of Avalon. And okay. that was an outdoor wedding. And the weather held up for that. My kids were in town. So that was very nice. And the uh-huh. wedding was lovely and stuff. So it was just a full weekend of, uh, you know, activities and stuff.
0: I know. And it's so, so it great. Monday,
2: Monday, I had to kind of decompress.
0: Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah,
2: Monday, I had to decompress. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. You have
0: to uh, take some me time, huh? A little bit.
2: Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. In fact, somebody gave me a. Gift card for Casells, and I think the first thing I'm going to do next week is go and get myself a massage. I haven't had a massage for a long time. You well, know, I haven't. My sister mm-hmm. was one who told me. Have you Have you had a massage?
0: I haven't. I don't do massages. I don't really do massages, really, because you know mm-hmm. I got. I got, you know, bone issues and with my neck and, oh, yeah. and all that yeah. stuff. So I do yeah. acupuncture. I do the oh, opposite. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do yes, acupuncture.
2: That's right. you do, do that. Mm-hmm. That is correct. That's right. You do. Yeah. That's and right. it's been a minute. But
0: since I did my wellness, I did a little bit of wellness thing. I did my mammogram last week. So I'm getting out there because, okay. you know, I was one of them, too, that would like, you know, Hey, I'm in good health. I got a doctor in the house. I'm not bringing my butt to be breathed on in the hospital or in the wellness
3: thing. But now,
2: you know, and and you did the right thing. And now, mm -hmm. you know, but like I said, vaccination is still not up at herd immunity. So people still have to be careful.
0: Got to be careful. You can't be, and I, you gotta see be pe- careful. I see people aren't. They just breathing and stuff all on each other. It's like, really?
2: <laughs> uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Don't get it twisted. Do not get it twisted.
0: No. COVID is still here, like no. you said, right? COVID
2: is still here. We've got five, you know, four or five patients in the medical intensive care unit that are really sick. Some are ventilated, some are not. A good friend of mine, her, her uh, significant other died last uh, week.
0: Oh, wow. Uh, so
2: people are still dying. Yeah, people are still dying now. I don't know specifically about him, but a lot of these people are not getting vaccinated, Vicky. Ah, oh, no. And so I was looking at listening to TV today, mm-hmm. uh, you know, some of my peers and one of the sports videos, one of the news guys said, "Is it true today that most people who acquire COVID if they are vaccinated, dying is very rare?" He said, "Yeah."
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. Well, we'll talk about that a little bit more about the need to be vaccinated a little bit more
2: yeah yes, yes yes uh-huh yes, but yes. your
0: week was you know it was it was just so great to cuz i just realized that i haven't really seen people in over a year i just hear yeah. hear people yeah. and talk and see them on zoom yeah but it, it was yeah. nice, it was nice.
2: It was nice to be able to see people again, and you notice my invitation said vaccination mandatory,
0: yes, and I'm gonna do that so I too. Think, you know
2: I think more people are got more people are gonna have to start doing that, Yes. mandating now. I didn't you know make you show any proof everybody is on their honor system, but I think anymore, I'm of the school of thought, yes, like if you're not vaccinated, you don't get in here.
0: you don't get in. that's it instead of having the security to check your your uh, ID we going to have to oh, guns. guns i want to see your <laughs> right. i want to see
2: your your vaccination card that's yeah. it yeah
0: that's it so what is going on this week d everything 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 yes yeah like i was telling you i i watched the olympic trials i love i love that the summer olympics is coming it's going to be in tokyo and that's my favorite olympic i like the winter olympics too but i really love the summer Me to too. watch all the track mm-hmm. and field and the swimming mm-hmm. and oh i'm excited
3: mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, yes, so yeah,
0: yes, yes. it's gonna be nice. So yes, I was watching yes. the trials, and I really appreciate Allison Felix because she's older, and because of the, yeah. the, the the different problems that she had. You know, she she had to get out because of the birth of her baby and all that. So yeah. it was she good.
2: Almost died. Yes, she almost died in childbirth. Yes, yeah. Yes. Yeah. yes. Almost died. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. it was, her story was almost like uh, uh, Serena's. Remember?
2: exactly
0: yes
2: exactly yes. and she went through congress i believe and appeared before the uh congressional people talking about african-american women mm-hmm. uh and the morbidity and mortality associated with childbirth
0: Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. so that's why i always like to see what She's doing it, so yeah, she made. Yeah,
2: it's a good comeback story. It's a really good comeback
0: story. Uh huh. And so she's going to qualify yeah. to do the four hundred meters. This will be her fifth Olympic. Yes, yes,
2: yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Isn't that yes. exciting? That's exciting. Good for her.
0: Good for her. That's it. And so
2: that's amazing.
0: That is amazing. What you you were, we were talking about the the other young lady with her story? She reminds us of Flo jo. <laughs>
2: Yeah, you know, I was trying to remember her name. It's Shakara, I believe. Yeah, Richardson. Mm -hmm. Shakara Richardson, and she won the 100-meter, you know, like the fastest woman in the world,
3: Mm -hmm. uh,
2: typically, you know, event. And she has a story to tell. You know, she had her flaming red hair and her long nails and stuff like that. And when she won, you know, she was giving homage to her grandmother and
3: because mm-hmm. she, I think
2: her mother had her biological mother had just passed and a mm-hmm. lot of people said she couldn't do it and you know, a lot of naysayers and haters and stuff like that. And then the poignant it was just so poignant mm-hmm. she ran up those steps and the camera was following her and she, you know, just kept running and running and walking and walking and found her grandmother.
0: I know. I mean,
2: I was talking to some girlfriends and we were like all crying. We were like, Thank God for grandmothers because Yes. Kind of stories where she could have gone down one pathway as opposed to another pathway.
0: Yes,
3: yes.
2: And thank God for grandmothers, which you know, you you look at it, it's not an unusual story of grandmothers yes. raising their mm. children mm-hmm. from parents who are unable, in mm-hmm. incapable of doing it due to drugs and prison and all these kinds of things. Mm-hmm. So I just said, good for her. It's I think her story. She's going to be one of the darlings of the Olympics this summer story about yes. how she has come to where she can just keep, keep her head on straight. You know, keep mm-hmm. her head on straight, and so forth. That she's going to be a, one of the amazing stories for this uh, Olympics. Yes. So I did want to mention her.
0: Yes, mm-hmm. and I can't wait. I can't wait. Like I said, and so yeah, it it was canceled because of last year, 2020. So they still yeah. call it, even though it's happening 2021. They still call it Summer Olympics 2020, and it will happen in Tokyo starting Friday, July the 23rd to Sunday, August the 8th. So I'm going to be tuned uh-huh. in. I'm going to be tuned in. Yes, yes.
2: Me too. I cannot wait. Cannot wait.
0: Yes. The next thing, though, and I was talking yeah. to you about it. Yeah. Deep. Deep. This. <laughs> so uh, I didn't
2: hear. Tell us about it, Vicky.
0: Yes. Our great Warren Buffett is resigning from the Gates Foundation Board. This article was written hot off the press in the Washington Post, the Washington Post. And it says Warren Buffett resigns from the Gates Foundation, gives away another four point one billion with the B billion dollars. It says the move comes at an uncertain time for the philanthropic organization whose namesake founders are preparing to divorce. And, you know, we heard all about how that, you know, Bill Gates and his wife are going through yeah. a divorce. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Warren Buffett, it says Warren <laughs> Buffett, the legendary investor and Berkshire Hathaway chairman who has promised to give away 99% of his massive fortune announced Wednesday that he is resigning from the Bill and uh, Melinda Gates Foundation saying that he has been an, in quotes, an inactive trustee for years. Now, Mm. the move comes Mm. as Buffett, who's 90 years old, committed to giving away another $4.1 billion in Berkshire Hathaway shares, which puts him Mm. at the halfway, look, the halfway point of his pledge. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Wow. When I was reading that, I was like, halfway?
2: Halfway, right. You know, I know. Right?
0: Okay. It says, Buffett did not provide a reason for leaving the foundation or mention the pending divorce of its namesake founders, which has raised questions about the organization's future. In a letter announcing the move, Buffett said that his philanthropic goals are 100%, this is what he said, in sync with those of the foundation, adding that his participation is in no way needed to achieve those goals. For years, this is what Buffett wrote, for years, I have been a trustee, an inactive trustee at that, of only one recipient of my funds, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation Foundation, I am now resigning from that post, just as I have done at all corporate boards other than Berkshires. So there it
3: is. There you have it. (laughs) There
0: you have it. There you have it. What can you say? What can you say? I don't know. He's 90. So, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, as most things happen, mm-hmm. all the good, I'm afraid, that the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation has done, yes. people will remember more than anything his downfall. Right. And it's very unfortunate. But hopefully, like the um, Jeff Bezos' wife, who's given away—have you seen all that money she's Oh, away? yes. Big time. Uh, hopefully, Melinda Gates will also contribute to be the philanthropic arm of that relationship and continue that kind of legacy because all the good that they have done, all the money that they have given, unfortunately, it takes something like this and people will only remember, you know, and, and, and you, you know, you're seeing, of course, a different side of Bill Gates than we knew. And it's kind of one of those things where, you know, you think you know people, but you really don't know them.
0: Right. And people are human
2: and people are human that's true and people put people up on pedestals yeah you know but people are human people are human you know everybody's that nobody's perfect right but uh yeah that's deep that's deep about Warren Buffett so thank you for bringing that i had not heard
0: that yeah so yeah there it is with with those with is. making those money moves huh <laughs> i know that's deep deep that's it yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what's the
2: latest, Dee? Yeah, the latest. I just want to mention, unfortunately, President Biden's goal of 70% of the population being fully vaccinated probably will not be achieved by July the 4th. So the message is changing to 70% of the American population having gotten their first vaccination. Mm. So that's what they're going to build on. It's still good, but not good enough. We still need... That 70% or more for that herd immunity because, as we have heard over the last couple of days, that Delta variant, obviously, is going not obviously, the Delta variant, it appears, is going to be the predominant, you know, variant in this country. So okay. we need to have people, you know, a lot of young people are not getting vaccinated. So please go out there and get vaccinated.
0: At the end of the day, just go get vaccinated. Yeah.
2: At the end of the day, just go get vaccinated because you're going to find, I was talking to some people today about an organization, and they were querying me about whether or not they should mandate vaccinations for people in a certain organization because they're going to be around a lot of people. It's going to be, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, close contact, entertainment, all that. I said, yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. You need to start doing that with people. Sometimes you got to mandate stuff. So pe- they mandated seatbelts.
0: Yes, they did. Remember it's a law. Remember when they
2: first came out? People didn't want. People didn't want to wear seatbelts.
0: Yeah. And they'll be flying through the the things and the...
2: The glass, yeah. I, being ejected from the car and all of that. So, yeah, don't tell me that you can't mandate some things. It the, can be done.
0: It can be done. That's it. It can, it be,
2: can done. be done. You can't go to college without a meningococcal vaccine. You can't go to first grade without having all your vaccines. Mm-hmm. So don't tell me you can't mandate some
0: things. So go ahead and just do it and mm-hmm. let's get on.
2: Exactly.
0: Exactly. That's it. Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Vicki Haywood Doe. I just wanted to break in for a quick second and introduce to you the sponsor and creator of this show. It's the company I own, Haywood Doe Consulting Co., doing business as Vicky Doe Fitness. We are a health and wellness consulting company that specializes in designing and implementing medically integrated applied exercise physiology-based fitness wellness programs, initiatives, events, health promotion, and health education for special populations such as older folks, children, adolescents, overweight and obese individuals, cardiac rehab, women's health, and those who have chronic diseases. We have a team and network of healthcare care professionals based out of Northeast Ohio, and we've worked with many companies, schools, churches, and organizations. If your goal is to transform your life by taking a holistic approach to living a life of health and total well-being, get in touch with us at info at To find out more about our own site, and online programs and services, go to vikidofitness.com. And now back to the show. Well, today we talk about emotional intelligence. What is emotional intelligence? Well, emotional intelligence is the ability to perceive, control, and evaluate emotions. There are four or more different levels of emotional intelligence, which includes emotional perception, the ability to reason using emotions, the ability to understand emotions, and the ability to manage emotions. Research suggests that having optimal emotional intelligence is essential for our overall health and well-being. Joining us is Kelly Ashby of Kelly Ashby Consulting. She will talk more about emotional intelligence and why it is important that we learn and practice emotional intelligence for improvement of our relationships and our success in life. So let's listen to our interview with Kelly Ashby. Now here with us today is the phenomenal Kelly Ashby, a nationally acclaimed administrator, educator, consultant, trainer, and Certified Genos International Practitioner and Ignite Instructor. Kelly is the Founder and President of Kelly Ashby Consulting, which provides training, coaching, and consulting services focused on helping individuals, teams, and organizations develop and enhance the work and leadership skills essential for today's workplace. Kelly Ashby Consultant is located in Vermilion, South Dakota. So all the way from South Dakota.
1: (laughs) Yes. All the way from South Dakota. Go Yotes. Got to say that.
0: (laughs) That's it. Okay. And Kelly is with us today. And Kelly will be sharing with us her story about her company and what she does. But she also will be talking... To us about emotional intelligence. First of all, she's gonna tell us what it means, and then she's gonna explain to us how it is linked to our personal and professional relationships and our health and well being. And so, Kelly, hello to you, and welcome to our show today. Thank you. Hello to you both. I appreciate being able to visit with both of you today. Absolutely. First of all, can you share with us your story, your information about your company, how it all started, and all of that, your company, Kelly Ashby Consulting?
1: My background has primarily been in higher education. I have worked with lots and lots and lots of college students, helping prepare them for leadership opportunities as well as uh, prepare them for the workplace. And one of the common pieces that I always infused into those learning and development opportunities was emotional intelligence. And so about five years ago, you know as life happens, relocated, um, relocated from Iowa to Ohio, and had the opportunity to step outside of higher education and start my own business. I've been doing that ever since. And have been loving every minute of it. So I consider myself a trainer, consultant, coach, just like you said in the introduction. Mm -hmm. And I work with individuals as well as entire staff members, nonprofits, for-profits, anything from leadership development to improving workplace culture and environments. And even helping individuals with things like resume development or interview preparation, coaching, and that type of thing. What brings us to right this moment is my work with the emotional intelligence topic and working with developing some online classes. And so I've been doing that with, you know, of course, you, Vicky Doe, and <laughs> um, also developing a course called Raise Resilient Kids, pulling yes. in some of the emotional intelligence into how do we help kids develop re- their own resiliency and face the challenging world that we have today.
0: All right. So you've been busy, right?
1: (laughs) Oh, boy. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, aren't we all? Aren't we all? We're all busy.
0: (laughs) That's exactly it. What is emotional intelligence and what are the main components of it?
1: Well, the, you know, textbook, and if you could see my fingers, I'm doing air quotes right now. The textbook definition is the ability to perceive, understand, reason with, express, and manage our emotions. But I think the easier way to think about it is it's about being smarter with feelings and using emotions to get positive results. So not only within ourselves, you know, to keep ourselves at the top of our game, even if we're dealing with negative people, negative situations, and and even in crisis situations, but also how are we showing up with others to help them be at the top of their game and perform as well as they possibly can as well. So I always considered it two sides of the coin, but the easy way to remember it is it's it's using emotions to generate positive results. Now, the main component, you mentioned I'm a certified GenOS International practitioner and Ignite instructor. So that particular model, the GenOS model, includes six competencies. A lot of emotional intelligence models will include four. In fact, when it started, there were four, and GenOS International looked at emotional intelligence and really wanted to see what could be done for in the workplace. Um, And so they identified two additional competencies. And so the six then are self-awareness, awareness awareness of others, authenticity, emotional reasoning, self-management, and positive influence. And so it's all about how do we take care of ourselves to remain resilient but also then how are we showing up with others, whether that's in our personal lives, at home, with our families, or in our professional lives with our colleagues and clients and customers to create as positive of an interaction and, and strong interpersonal relationships as possible.
2: I'm just thinking, you know, as we hear more workplace disgruntlement and so forth, I'm, I'm trying to figure out, wow, I mean, there's a time for you now more than, any it sort of seems because I don't know maybe with maybe it's me but am I seeing more workplace violence more workplace issues and and I guess too this whole year must have been an upheaval for you with the pandemic how has that influenced that's two questions
1: workplace violence and the effect that the pandemic has had on things. For sure, the the added stress of this past year, you know, the year of COVID and all of the stress that individuals and families were experiencing, and even employers and workplaces, you know, how many businesses had to shut down because of the impact that COVID had. But, you know, think about the conversations around the dinner table. It was all, you know, really problem-focused, and so everybody's stress level has been has been enhanced and has been higher. And so as a result of that, when we're overly stressed, we get more aggressive. And so you mentioned workplace violence. Well, even even the toxicity that exists in some workplaces, you know, it doesn't have to escalate to, to violence. It can just be an unhealthy, unproductive environment for some people at work. And then add to that, now we're, you know, looking at transitioning back to work. You know, as people are preparing you know, after being vaccinated, preparing to going back to face-to-face, great opportunity to take a look at, okay, how can we make our workplace culture different? How do we want to show up with one another in a better, healthier, more caring, and more positive way? Because, you know, a great example was when we, when we were doing, you know, Zoom meetings all the time we ended up showing each other some grace as it related to, you know, kids making noise in the background or, mm-hmm. or the unexpected dog entering the room. You know, we, we kind of gave each other a break, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that can go a long way as far as let's continue that kind of grace, you know, with one another. Mm-hmm. I hope that answers the first part. Now, now what was the it, second the, part? Well, it
2: really kind of ties a, well, it. ties into the second question, too, about the pandemic and the in, the effects and stuff that it had on all of
1: that as well.
3: Mm-hmm. So true,
1: especially those uh, those. Parents with young children you know and having to help homeschool them mm. those young kids and making sure they were staying on task and my goodness I don't know about you all but there's no way I'd be able to teach anybody anything related <laughs> to new math and the recent oh, you know goodness. way to teach math yeah oh, talk about wow, stressors <laughs>
2: Oh, Ooh. yeah. I know, well, right? Yeah, I guess one, one other question that I have. So those those tenants, I guess, as you were talking about and so forth, would that be all considered under the umbrella of corporate culture then, the core competencies uh huh, or just part of um, the corporate culture?
1: I think it would be part of it because I think you certainly need to look at values and the core competencies certainly would connect to, you know, a company's, core values, and, you know, what's their overall mission, and that type of thing. So that there's definitely a connection between those two things. What's nice about it is that even though I just listed just six competencies, there's actually 42 behaviors, so there's seven per competency mm. that people can work on enhancing. And I know, you know, that might be interested in the assessment later on, but for right now it's nice to know that this model is behavior-based. So behaviors are learnable. And that's what's, what what attracted me to it, for one thing, is that mm. all of this stuff can be learned.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: It
1: can be taught. We can move the needle on it. And it can be measured.
0: Mm-hmm. That's what's important. And that's why I really like the idea when you presented Nate, my honey sweet, he was excited when he <laughs> heard, yeah, he heard you, you know, presenting at our event, our Healthy Heart, Healthy Living event, you know, about the importance of emotional intelligence. And he kept asking me, he said, look, are we going to bring Kelly up in the fold to really teach that? Because he he believed, especially since you presented it from the behavioral aspect, Mm -hmm. how that's definitely important for all of us when it comes to enhancing our health and well-being as well. Because you know, we talk about the dimensions of wellness. And one of the dimensions of wellness is the social health and, and uh, um, relationships and learning how to work with people. And that is important. So with that in mind, when we go into the workplace, thinking of emotional intelligence, what other things, why is it important in the workplace? Not just for relationships, but what other things?
1: Yeah, definitely. Well, oftentimes in the workplace, most people, at least most employers, I will say this, are really concerned about employees' decision-making ability, their behaviors, and their performance. Would you both agree with me on that? Yeah. Yeah.
3: hmm
1: Yeah. So science. And research shows us that emotions have a big impact on those three things. And since those are so critical to you know, anything from the bottom line to employee retention, but also even attracting top talent, your workplace culture plays a huge role in how well you are able to attract top talent to come work for you. And then it's a matter of, how are people showing up with one another not only just the leader just leaders and supervisors but even colleague to colleague or employee to customer
3: mm-hmm.
1: how are people showing up to create those positive environments create those powerful connections of rapport the ability to co- you know if it's colleague to colleague be able to collaborate with one another to deliver top-notch customer service those kinds of things are just some of the pieces that emotional intelligence can tap and move the needle on. Other ways it's been used in the workplace, you can hire for emotional intelligence. So it begins with the selection process. There is an assessment that can be used to assist with the hiring process. Now, certainly we would never just base that on an assessment with no follow-up conversations. Our assessment is actually geared towards helping people identify where somebody might be scoring a little low and then provide them with interview questions that allow them to dig a little bit deeper to see if that would be, that person would be a good fit for their culture, their workplace culture. Then we can move into onboarding, the onboarding process. Where are people on the assessment, on the emotional intelligence workplace assessment or other assessments and developing a professional development plan for making sure that they have the tools and resources to improve if they're scoring low on some, some areas. And then you go from there to professional development, leadership and supervisor development, and even we have a a tool that will help measure the emotional climate and the emotional culture of the department or overall organization. So we take it from selection all the way through to how is the entire department doing as it relates to their own emotional climate.
2: What about... Today, uh, you know, working because no env- no no corporation or environment is a monolith. So, what about dealing with and Dr. Vicki and I are constantly talk about this with our guests too. Dealing with millennials today,
3: mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm.
2: it sort of seems to me like they're as opposed to maybe other generations. Y and 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 the baby boomers and, and so forth. They're a whole different breed when it comes to the work environment. Is it me or
3: or what?
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, it's not you. Um, There certainly are some changes and some shifts happening. When you look at, and Generation Z is actually the the latest group to be joining the workplace. Mm. Generation Z, Millennials, and um, then Gen Xers. Millennials and and Generation Z are actually seeing and selecting workplaces on different criteria than the older bunch like myself
2: clearly so before (laughs) (laughs) yeah
1: so they're looking for yeah they're looking for those organizations one that are making a difference in the world you know that what your mission statement is and what you're what you're trying to achieve um and granted we don't ever try to box a whole entire group of people into you know one slot here but you know, as a group, as far as what research shows, is that they are more caring about the environment that they're stepping into, and those opportunities for growth. So, you know, looking at emotional intelligence as an opportunity for professional development, that would be an attractive factor for somebody from Gen Z or millennial. But looking for a supervisor and a group of colleagues that, you know, are able to show empathy and show genuineness as far as welcoming the new person to the team and helping guide them through this is what you're doing well, this is where you, you know, could improve. But it's not just like that old conversation of here are all the things you're doing wrong. It needs to be a different kind of conversation that includes, hey, how are you doing? How are you feeling within your role, within the group as far as your colleagues and the team? And within the organization and and the overall purpose of the organization, do you see your fit and your value in the the bigger picture? And having those conversations with them.
0: Yeah,
1: it's interesting. President mm-hmm. Obama was
2: talking about in an interview the other day about his girls, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, and their what they are looking for when they go into work
1: environments and so forth. Yeah, they're looking for something else. That's for sure.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's
1: about the
0: paycheck anymore. <laughs> yeah, it isn't. And it's about what they call it. Because my friend, Dr. Rhonda, we go way back. She's um, exercise physiology too. And she does animal research and all that kind of stuff. Today, she called and said, You know what? I'm doing the work life balance thing. I said, Well, what are you doing? <laughs> she said, I'm going to go back to painting and taking yeah. a class. So that's what she's doing. I said, Well, shoot, I better oh, wow. do some. Work-life balance something, too, then, yeah. huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Well, and that's actually, you know, I'll just, I'll just sprinkle this in. You know, being able to be good at that is actually one of those proactive strategies to help us build and enhance our resilience. Mm. And our resilience has to do with our ability to bounce back to our, again, air quotes with my fingers, our normal state of productivity when we're dealing mm. with negative situations or crises. And so that's one of the proactive strategies to help enhance resilience. So give that friend of yours a big old pat on the back because she's doing something right
0: there, I'll tell you what. What what is it? Work life balance? Is that what they call it?
1: Work life balance, I think.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Yes. I
1: know the three of us are like, what's that? All we know is, you know, twenty four seven, three sixty five, right? Yeah. That's it.
0: So yeah, I'm gonna have to start doing that work life balance thing. Yes, yes. <laughs>
1: I'll do it with you, my friend. That's it. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, you know, some experts say that emotional intelligence skills, some are essential um, to bringing about change because we're all about diversity and inclusion and all of that, not only in the workplace, but in our community and all of that. So do you agree that the emotional intelligence skills can help with this?
1: Oh, 100 percent. I you know, can think of several ways that 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 could happen starting with you know the six competencies um. a part of being self aware is understanding your own values and your own beliefs because those values and beliefs shape how you interpret the way you tend to think and feel and behave around other people mm. and so being in touch with those and then when you tap into you know awareness of others being in touch with your own values and beliefs and then being aware that you know what everybody else has their own too and they're responding and behaving according to their values and beliefs. Mm. Those are those are two key pieces right there with emotional intelligence behaviors and skills. And then add to that, you know, the need for authenticity, you know, are you are you being genuine or are you saying one thing but your behaviors are doing something completely opposite. Mm.
3: And so mm-hmm. that
1: in my opinion is a really big one when it comes to diversity, equity, and inclusion, because so many times people are just saying what they think others want to hear, Mm. but then their behavior say the exact opposite, right? Yeah? You agree with me on that?
3: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I agree. Mm -hmm.
1: And then, you know, moving forward, you know, like emotional reasoning, you know, taking into consideration other people's perspectives. Because emotional reasoning, you don't just look at the facts and figures when making a decision, you take into account your own biases about that decision or about that topic or perhaps about the population that that decision is impacting and you take into consideration how might this decision impact other people Mm -hmm. and so if it's a policy decision that is a racist decision or a Mm -hmm. racist policy
3: Mm -hmm.
1: people with a high emotional reasoning are able better able to see hey wait a minute this may impact this group of people Mm -hmm. in a way that we don't want it to impact them or do we don't intend and of course there's always the whole debate about intention and impact but Mm -hmm. you know the the whole idea behind emotional reasoning is you take the emotional factors into account as well as the facts and figures and then self-management positive influences all about you know how are you managing your emotions when you get triggered and a, a good friend of mine actually just just gave me this quote are you bringing gas to the fire or water to the fire
3: Mm. Mm -hmm. and so with self-management
1: managing those emotions that get triggered in different you know circumstances what do you what do you bring into the fire right
3: yes
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and that was really a powerful one for me um and then of course that goes with positive influence as well you know it's like are you a glass half full or a glass half empty type of person and what do you bring into the to the group and to the community and to the workplace and to whatever gathering of people that we're talking about well
2: you know one of the things that you just said in terms of quotes i remembering uh james baldwin the famous author made this i remember him there was an interview that i think he did on um i can't think of the name of the guy he was back in the 70s he was on with some other guests and he said, you know, I can't believe what you're saying because I'm watching what you're doing.
3: Mm. You know, he was talking mm. about mm.
2: racial relations. Mm-hmm. He says, I can't believe, can't believe what you're saying because I'm watching what you're doing.
3: Yeah, it was very congruent.
2: powerful. Dave Cabot, I don't know if you remember, Dave Tabitt had a show back in the 70s, and mm-hmm. some other people were on it, uh, and that's what he was talking about when they were talking about racial relations. I, you
1: know, it was a very powerful statement at the time. That mm-hmm. is really good, because, and that's all about authenticity. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I can't hear what you're saying because I'm. i It's so glaring what you're doing. You know the behaviors. Right. right.
0: That's it. Yeah. That. That's really good. With that said, then we know that uh, we have to have different levels because you, you. You. If you. If you measure something, and you said that EI can be measured. So if you're measuring something, then we have to have optimal levels or not the best level. <laughs>
1: Yeah,
2: <laughs> so,
0: need <for> improvement. <laughs> yeah, need for, right, right, improvement. So with that whole assessment thing, what are you assessing, I mean, when you do that? You know what I'm saying? Emotional intelligence, mm-hmm. what does that mean? What's an assessment to emotional intelligence?
1: There are a lot of different emotional intelligence assessments out there. Again, one of the things that drew me to the Genos International uh, model and program is that the assessment doesn't measure your potential for being emotionally intelligent. Mm. It measures how you're actually showing up. And so we have a self-assessment. So you just rate yourself on the 42 different behaviors. And really what the question is, is compared to other people, how often do you demonstrate this behavior, that behavior, the other behavior? Mm. And you rate yourself, you know, significantly more than other people or significantly less than other people about average um, or somewhere in between. Mm-hmm. And then with our 180 and our 360 assessments, you get others to weigh in on on those questions as well, which that is where the really rich feedback comes from. The neat thing is that all of these behaviors are observable behaviors. And then you add the rating scale, your rating compared to other people. How often does this person demonstrate it? Then all of the behaviors are learnable. So observable, measurable, learnable is a, a key piece to our assessment. And that means we can identify specific ways for people to move the needle and improve. So when you get feedback from other people, you have you, you won't be biased, you know, as far as, oh, I think I'm all that and a bag of chips, you know, and, and I'm, I'm wonderful. But others may see you in a different light. And two key pieces to the assessment. Mm-hmm. How important is this behavior? And then how often do you demonstrate it? Because especially when you're interacting with other people or you're supervising other people, if that's the case, Mm -hmm. a certain behavior may be really important. And if you're falling short on demonstrating it, then that's obviously a place that, you know what, if this person in this group mattered to me, I need to make a difference here, I need to improve. But if they're saying, you know what, this behavior isn't that important, then it's a different situation, right? Because Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, if that behavior isn't that important to the people I supervise, then I can invest my energy in improving other places. Does that make sense? Yes. So there's a lot of things being measured. There's 42 different behaviors being measured, but we're also measuring how important are these behaviors to these different people that matter to you and that are an important part of, you know, your feedback cycle, and how often am I demonstrating these
0: behaviors, Wow. So, what do you say, Dee?
1: This is, I'm just taking it all in. It's a lot to
2: take in at in one yeah. setting and sort, I'm it, sorry. sort <laughs> it through. No, no, it's good, though. It's really good. It's a lot of food for thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I'm thinking about, and it's for diff- all for different environments. You know, I'm in the medical field and can see how, you know, it would certainly impact us mm-hmm. and improve things and a lot of improvement, you know, just assessing
1: some things.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, like in the medical field, you know, you know, let's think about a surgical team
3: mm-hmm.
1: or somebody's care provision team if they're post-surgery and they're going through rehab. You know, how well does that team function together? And Right. You know, is everybody's voices, you know, important mm-hmm. and taken into consideration and perspectives taken, even the patient?
3: Mm-hmm. You know, are
1: their opinions taken into consideration or are we just on autopilot and not taking, you know, other people's perspectives into
0: into account right Mm-hmm. that's why I really feel that emotional intelligence is needed to be learned the skill practice because it reaches not only just the workplace but it reaches in our homes our community you know and it it does enhance our health and well-being mm-hmm. right
1: absolutely <laughs> yes. yes
0: yes yes it does yes you know not only in the
1: workplace but work you know, work is often a big part of where we spend our time, but this translates into our, you know, personal lives and our family lives as well, that anyone's environment can, can be linked to health-related issues. And the link between an adverse health and lousy workplace, research shows that that's significant and profound, and, and it's been documented for many, many years. And there's a professor at Stanford who did a study on this. Um, I believe his last name was Seffer, and I, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, but Jeffrey Seffer from Stanford,
3: mm-hmm.
1: says that working in toxic environment is a significant health crisis,
3: mm-hmm. leading
1: to over 120,000 deaths per year in the United States. And some of that is linked to depression, heart attack, fatigue, stress, anxiety,
3: mm-hmm.
1: high blood pressure. Emotions have been connected, emotional intelligence has been connected to all of those. And so the the interesting thing is that stressful workplaces aren't just bad for the employees, but it's also not even good for the employers. Stressed people are more likely to come to work sick or quit, long hours harm productivity and all that kind of stuff. Being in an awful job doesn't just impact your health directly. People who are stressed are more likely to smoke, drink and eat more, very likely to use Drugs more and exercise less. So when we, I mean, it's it's kind of the band aid when we're stressed and we're and we're feeling the bad stuff emotionally. What do we turn to? Mm-hmm. We turn to the poor habits, right? The mm-hmm. bad eating. We certainly aren't getting out exercising sometimes, and then even escalate that to the drinking and drug drug use as well. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of research that says that this stuff is related to health related issues.
0: Wow, that means yeah. that. Wow. I can't let you know. I have to tell people, look, you promoting my toxic <laughs> environment here at the workplace, so uh, exactly. you got to go. <laughs> you gotta, exactly.
2: You got to back You can away. change,
0: you can change, or
1: there's the door, right?
0: Exactly.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, you do have to have a little bit of self, you know, preservation in some of these kind of mm-hmm. things.
0: Oh, oh, I know. 100%. I know.
1: Well, and that's what's neat about this stuff is that, You know, we can't oftentimes change other people. So if you're working for a toxic boss, for example, or if you're working in a toxic environment, Mm -hmm. you can't necessarily make other people change. But what I can do is I can build my own and enhance my own resiliency so that I can better manage the garbage that's going on in this environment. And I run across a lot of people in that situation of, I can't leave my job. Mm -hmm. It's paying the bills. I'm not going to find a job that's going to, you know, pay the bills that I have. I have to stay here. So how do, I, how do I manage? How do I stay sane in this kind of an environment? And so that's the other half of the coin of emotional intelligence is, you know, we can help people who are in that situation too.
0: Let's continue on and talk a little bit about you coming to the Vicky Doe Fitness Academy yes. and doing some. Hey, we still, we still working on it to our launch day, right? <laughs> Absolutely, that is
1: is is a. Great work under construction.
0: <laughs> That's it, and it's and, and I'm just excited. Talk more about you know you designed this course specifically for Vicky Doe Fitness, our platform, and so <laughs> tell us a little bit a, a little bit of the the special sauce that you're gonna give us, you know. <laughs> the
1: special sauce. I love that. I love that. <laughs> All right. So what I'm doing is this class is totally geared toward how emotional intelligence impacts our health and wellness. So totally designed for Vicky Doe Fitness Academy and what you all are trying to do through your great work. Some of the things that we'll go into is, you know, why is this stuff even important? Share some of the research data and some of the numbers, but share, you know, what I just shared with you as far as, hey, this is related to our health and wellness as well. Mm -hmm. There will be a Genos International self-assessment included with this course and so you will have the inside scoop on those 42 behaviors that i've been mentioning that move the needle for emotional intelligence uh, seven behaviors per competency six competencies so that we can really dive in to which are those behaviors that we can Im- can improve upon to help you become either more resilient more empathetic become a more positive influence or become just more self-aware, whatever is the case for you. With that assessment, there's also a set of development tips. So we, people will walk away from this course with a development plan, which I think is super, a super great outcome of this course. Mm-hmm. And we can relate it back to health and wellness. Mm-hmm. So you walk away knowing what are those areas I can improve and connecting the dot back to your own health and wellness and well-being. There'll be coaching involved, provided with it, and how to, specific examples of how you can enhance your own resilience. So proactive strategies, but even learning ways to react to those strong emotions in the moment to avoid saying and doing things that you may later regret. So that's all about the self-management piece. And so overall, you can use this to improve personal relationships, professional relationships, and just your overall positive impact on health and wellness. I am so excited about this.
0: I am too. Hope it shows. Oh yes, yes, <laughs> yes. And what do you say, Dee? What you say?
2: I'm excited. I think it it sounds fantastic. Kudos. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, yes. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so I will learn how not to cuss people out when they get on my nerves when I go through this. <laughs> yes, yes, I and that is I can't helpful
2: sometimes. That. I, I I can't promise. <laughs>
1: that but i'll do my best
0: yeah yeah me too you know me too because you know what we all get triggered none of us are perfect none of us are perfect no yeah we do we do have those trigger points i get it exactly (laughs) (laughs) and so so much fun yes and I, i i love kelly that you took the time and spent all this time developing this course. And yes, I can't wait. We're going to be uh, reaching out and telling folks to come to our webinar that's planned in the future so that we can talk more about some of the things that you taught today, but also so that we can launch this wonderful course. And so it's emotional. It's called, let me see if I can find it. It's called Emotional Intelligence, a Comprehensive Approach for maximizing performance and quality of life. And so, yeah, we are so glad that you are joining our team of health experts. Oh, I'd love to
1: be a part of your team. Yes. yes, yes, I'm so glad to be a part of your team. That's great. So thank great. you for inviting me.
0: So anything else you would like to add, Dee, before we wrap this no, up? Th-
1: no, this
2: has been absolutely fantastic, you know, things for me to take certainly to my environment. Um, Because sometimes I think that medicine is the last bastion of change with respect to a lot of the things that you were talking about. And although, you know, a lot more is changing today once they, they started. I know I went to MBA school in the late 90s and you know a lot of the concepts and things that we learned with respect to corporations and corporate culture and you know a lot of the things that you talked about today weren't even talked about in medicine because they never looked at it as a corporation or business but things Mm -hmm. have changed Mm -hmm. things have changed Mm -hmm. a lot where they're starting to look at this more like a business and like a corporate culture and like you know core competencies and all of that so
1: no this has been fantastic thank you Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you know what? And that whole customer service piece, you know, in, in the medical field. Exactly.
2: Exactly. It was huge. Yeah. Exactly. Because that was never, ever part of any equation. It was There was never a thought to ask, are you all right with everything? It was just that paternalistic attitude. Well, you know, this is what we're giving you, and you better be satisfied with it. Well, no. you know, yeah. People, they realized that people had options. They didn't have to yeah. go to your... Healthcare facility, and then they, and then when social media came about, and they could badmouth organizations and doctors and hospitals and all of that, that customer service thing emerged really
3: huge. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh yeah, and mm-hmm. then and then the the whole development of the uh, what do you call it the post service evaluations, you know, and you know what are people saying about how they exactly. were treated at our facility. Yeah, from the front desk to the to the
2: doctors who (laughs) say exactly, and you know, it's kind of it's kind of interesting with that. You know, that whole thing of how are you treated. As I've often said that the person who greets you at that front desk
3: when mm-hmm. you go to
2: the doctor's office sets the tone for the office. And people yeah. had to realize you could have the best doctor in the world behind those doors, but if you didn't get past how you know, horribly you were treated at that front desk, everything else just melted away by the time you got to the doctor. And not only are you unhappy, you're mad, and, and it's projected on him or her, and the office, and if you're in a hospital, the hospital. So it was just kind of like a snowball effect kind of thing. So they had to seriously yeah. reevaluate, even starting from when you
1: first walk in that door, how are you treated?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely.
3: Mm-hmm. And, it, and
2: it
1: matters all the way across every single person you interact with during that experience. So you are 100% right on that. Yep.
0: And so you know
1: who got it, not your not prolongedness, who got
2: it. First, I think, Mm -hmm. and who still gets it is the Cleveland Clinic. Mm -hmm. They
1: got it and they get it. Yeah. And you can tell when somebody gets it. It is so obvious. Mm -hmm. You know, as far as how you feel inside, because you know what? Maya Angelou, love her, her quote about people will forget what you said and people will forget what you did, but they'll never forget how you made them feel.
0: Exactly.
1: That goes a long way. Yep.
0: Goes a long way. Yes. Yeah. So, yes, we appreciate you, Kelly. So, how can people get in touch with you?
1: Well, obviously, for the class, they can um, look at your website, the Vicky Doe Fitness Academy course listing, but they also can find information about that on my website, which is kellyashbyconsulting.com. And my first name is spelled K E L L E Y. Last name is A S H B Y, because sometimes that gets messed up.
3: Mm-hmm. And then
1: my phone number is 319. 319- Eight five five two two three seven, and my email is Kelly at Kelly Ashby Consulting.com.
0: All right, then. Well, thank you so much.
1: Thank I you. Absolutely, thank you both.
0: Now, this inside show, D. So, do you have some tips that we should think about?
2: Well, I just think this was fascinating. You know, it was a great interview. A lot of discussion about, you know, core competencies with respect to leadership and getting people to understand what emotional intelligence is all about. It was good. And also, I like the way that she was able to show that it can be used across all kinds of businesses, which Mm -hmm. I think is really important. It's not just pigeonholed into one. It can be used across the board for all the organizations.
0: Yes. I love also how she talked about how... That not having optimal emotional intelligence can ricochet, right? It can ricochet and cascade to unhealthy behaviors, to all of that, and how it really connects with your health and well-being as well. And so... I'm excited, you know, that Kelly came to talk with us, Kelly Ashby, but also I'm excited that she is going to be one of our instructors for our Vicky Doe Fitness Academy doing her course and program on emotional intelligence. And so we're going to definitely tell people more about that. That's why I um, encourage folks to go to the newsletter, go to vickiedoefitness.com and um, subscribe to our newsletter because that's where we... Tell folks, you know, give updates and things on what's going on at Vicky Doe Fitness. I really enjoyed that she came and talked with our show, right, Dee?
2: Yes, absolutely.
0: To learn more or to get in touch with Kelly Ashby of Kelly Ashby Consulting, go to her website, kellyashbyconsulting.com or email her kelly at kellyashbyconsulting.com. Com. And as always, for more information, go to our website, VickiDoughFitness.com. And remember, if you have any questions, comments, or just something to say, tweet us, email us, go on Facebook, and share with us your thoughts.
1: You've been listening to It's All About Health and Fitness with Dr. Vicki hayward Doe and Dr. Virginia Banks-Bright. Vicky Doe is owner of Vicky Doe Fitness, a multimedia health and wellness forum, a place to discuss, learn, and participate in healthy living. You can get in touch with Vicky by email at info at vickiedoefitness.com.